Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. Actually, we don't have Robin right now. She's in a snowstorm, but we're hopefully going to patch her in soon. But I do have our guest coming on early today. I know it's a little different than you're used to, but we're going to bring on Dr. Mary She's the author of the PTSD workbook, Life After Trauma, a workbook for healing. She also has co-written and edited numerous books regarding to trauma. And I just, I'm so excited to have you on the air today, Dr. Williams. Welcome. Thank you. There's a little static, so I don't know. There you are. Yes, Yes, here I am. (laughs) Hi. Well, welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, thank you for being with us today. You have a very, very interesting background um, because you were a formal, former social worker. You're dealing with school crisis. You deal with ethics with traumatologists. That's a whole bunch of stuff that we are not used to seeing all together in one package. Can you tell me a little bit about how you came to be this collection of really, really amazing, amazing characteristics? Well, I guess it all started out when I was a little kid and uh, had a dad who was a policeman and a minister who just kind of introduced me to a lot of trauma very early on. If he was out and something happened and there was a burning truck and he pulled somebody out, he handed me a blanket to put the flames out, you know, things like that. So it just (laughs) seemed a lot, kind of a logical thing to continue to work in the field with crises and so on and so forth. Now, I have to ask you, you have, you've worked at all levels in local, state, and federal courts, uh, in, yeah. including mitigation on death row cases in Virginia. 
that's got to be something that's got to cause your own level of trauma. I mean, there's a whole lot going on here in your life from a professional standpoint that you have to manage. Well, I think the really important thing to be resilient, and that's kind of one of the buzzwords today in the whole trauma field, is to do what you can do and do it the best you can do and then have a good support system. And, um, you know, I've had that good support system through other people in the trauma field from all over the world. So you have people you can turn to and that help you out and you help them out. And we find that dealing with trauma in all nations is very, very much the same. Uh, For example, when I adopted my daughters in Kazakhstan, I was the first American to do any kind of trauma training there on family violence. And I did that just as my gift to Kazakhstan for my daughters. And, And you see that people have the same ideas. And it was very interesting that we had a common language. One of the things was Reiki. So you, you do things, you know, with people from all cultures. See, and I think, you know, this is why, you know, and I, I, I don't mean to poke into your private personal life, but I think it is it is valuable because so many experts write on topics that they don't have firsthand knowledge. And when I read your biography, um, you know, I, I couldn't help but be touched about your experiences in Kazakhstan, your experiences with adoption, your experiences with your your dad growing up and handling these crisis teams, because you get to see firsthand many of the things that you're writing about. And I would imagine that you have had on some level or another had to manage them in your own life. Well, it's it's ironic because I just came over here quickly early uh, from intensive care where my oldest son is uh, there because um, he coded during a a routine biopsy the other day, and they brought him back with paddles and stuff, and he's been in intensive care. So, you know, I find that when you have things like that happen in your own life, you have to have ways that you can continue to help other people, and, of course, I find that through work and also through having three teenagers at home which will keep anybody insane to some degree. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And and thank you so much for, for being with us here today. And, and we wish your son, you know, a speedy and wonderful recovery. Um, what aspects of your your book, you know, and specifically your workbook, because I really, I really think workbooks are valuable. Um, how did that come about as to what, you have to have this huge wealth of knowledge in your experience. How did you know what to include and not to include? You know, I, I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> I had a call from New Harbinger Press saying, you know, and this was before 9-11, saying we would like you to do a workbook on PTSD. And I went, I don't know if I can do that. And they said, yeah, we think you can because, you know, we, you've done the Life After Trauma workbook and we really – like this, and, and my co-author, Stoyle, is, is from um, Ulu, Finland, and so we thought that this would be kind of fun for her to do some aspects of it, too. But um, I just started gathering materials and gathering materials, and I like to synthesize things. And so it just came about, and then the second edition came out um, this previous May, and I think the things that I like about the second edition in contrast to the first edition is so much of my trauma practice has changed. And I'm, I'm basically a grunt worker. I 
see clients, you know, for many hours a day, six days a week. And uh, a lot of them now are military, and I try to help veterans get their disabilities through the VA and to do reports. I do a lot of, you know, work individually with veterans. Um, I'm a former Air Force wife. My dad was an Army Air Corps chaplain. I have a son who's a chaplain. And so I'm very familiar with the military, having lived and worked in Germany for three years. But, um, you know, working with veterans is now a passion. And, in fact, we just founded a 501c3 and got our approval in May. And it's called U.S. Vet Source. USVetSource.org is our website. And it's a 23-acre facility near here in Culpeper, Virginia, that's going to be a multimodal facility for veterans and to do work with them. Uh, and, and the whole thing with the workbook is I took a lot of the things that I do when I do workshops with veterans and incorporated them into some of the, the things to do with veterans that are different than just the cognitive behavioral things that the VA does. So, for example... One of the things is doing on-the-ground work with equines and horses with veterans and bringing them in and doing leadership training using horses. And um, that's just so much fun. And that yesterday um, that I just put a contract on six rescue horses that we're going to be wow. using on the um, So we went to a rescue farm, and the horses chose us. You know, that they come to you. You don't go to them. And the ones that come to you are the ones that you are meant to have. And so we have six now that we will be getting to the ranch in the next couple months. That is outstanding. If you could see me, you would see me sitting here with this big grin upon my face because both Robin and I are are huge animal advocates and and huge advocates of bringing animals uh, together with the recovery uh, for trauma and, you know, and a lot of other things. Uh, I have to ask you, um, you've got this workbook out here and and one of the reasons that I like workbooks is that people can access information to you. You know, um, Dr. Williams, we get a lot of emails and and contact from people in really rural areas. You know, our military is so staffed by small town. And, you know, one guy I remember wrote to me because he's 600 miles away from the VA and what can he do? And your workbook can give people the tools that they can't get if they're not close to the VA. And how would you recommend people work through your workbook? And I know we only have a couple minutes to break, but can you give people pointers uh, that will buy your workbook that are in rural communities that don't have the support that we have in the bigger, larger cities? Certainly. Um, If you can, and this is just a suggestion that I do, find a therapist who is willing to do some phone work and meet with a therapist once or twice, even if it's 300 miles away. And then work together with that therapist, if you can, on the workbook, if you don't feel comfortable doing it on your own, or have somebody that you talk with once a month. Start with where your symptoms are. Be sure to read the first chapter. Now, we have the DSM-5 version of PTSD coming out, which is not um, in the... uh, Nope, there goes my phone. I'm going to have to figure out to turn it off. But... um, you know what, Dr. Williams, do do that. I'm going to take us to commercial break, and we'll pick up okay. where we left off. 
This is Military Mom Talk Radio with Dr. Mary Beth Williams, and we are going to come back from the break, and we're going to talk more about her PTSD workbook, more about her practice with animals, with veterans, with uh, trauma. Uh, My name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Military Mom Talk Radio, along with Robin Boyd. For those of you that are just catching our show, you can pick us up on iTunes. You can check us out on MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. You can also find us at our host station in Texas at toginetradio.com. When we come back from the break, we're going to have more from Dr. Mary Beth Williams, and we've got Robin back. She's in the snow up to her eyeballs, but she will catch us after the break. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life. And the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and we've got Robin Boyd from the snowy (laughs) Northwest. I'm going to laugh at you because it's 70 and sunny here today. Oh, you can go ahead and rub it in. (laughs) We did have sunshine today, but it was, uh, we had a good foot, you know, about a foot. It it wasn't so bad. We we could have been worse. At least it was the fluffy stuff. That's true. That's true. Well, we've got Dr. Mary Beth Williams with us today, and she is outstanding. She has so many neat neat aspects of her. I think I could talk to her all day. And uh, before we went to break, we were talking about best ways to use her workbook in rural communities. Um, and Dr. Williams, you were talking about, uh, you know, meeting somebody in person at least once and then handing phone conversations. What do you think about Skype um, with respect 
to and there's I know there's in in private practice there's a couple other kind of log on uh, video chats that are more secure mm-hmm. for the medical community. Do you find that 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 works as well? Well, I haven't used Skype, but hopefully now that the kids are getting a certain Christmas present that has that capability to it, that uh, we're <laughs> going to be able to do it more even, you know, at home to Skype. But I think it's really good to keep people in touch, you know, and that that's, um, you know, with that human connection. I also think to do a group, you know, that there are enough moms who may have husbands deployed or who are dealing with issues relating to husbands coming back maybe with PTSD uh, maybe with some traumatic brain injury, maybe with some other body problems, that, you know, you could get a group together. I don't believe you have to do it from cover to cover sequentially. However, it's really important to read the first chapter, you know, in dealing with trauma, and then to read and be familiar with ways to keep yourself safe as you're doing any kind of therapeutic work, particularly if you're in a rural area. And that's, you know, have a safe place to go, have support of others, um, know to whom you can turn, you know, things along this line. Find other people that have similar experiences. doesn't have to be the same because all trauma is different. But, you know, particularly you can talk the same language. And it's so important to have somebody to talk to who understands what you say and, and what you're talking about. And remember that trauma can be catching. There's certain aspects, you know, of PTSD that if you're around it enough. For example, if you have a spouse who has been deployed and is pretty jittery at sleep, you know not to go up and, and tap that person on the back. You know, and other people may not be aware of that if they have somebody who's coming back and they don't know that you have to kind of duck and cover so you don't get decked if you were to do that. Um, you know, there are little things like that to teach each other. And to look at values, one of the important things that, that I believe is the whole notion of military values and how difficult it is when you've been having battle buddies to come back and to leave those strong core values like the Army leadership values, uh, LDRSHIP, and to integrate that back into civilian life. And it's really difficult to do that, particularly with repeat deployments. Um, that's that's something. Those are just a couple hints. Um, and then go through and look for the, if you're having symptoms or if your spouse is having symptoms or your kids are having symptoms, find the appropriate exercises within the book. For example, sometimes people have a whole history of trauma. They've never done a trauma timeline. And they don't connect different parts of their life with other parts of their life. And I say get a roll of freezer paper and, and you know, write 1 to 30 and put incidents that happen to you or around you and try to connect them and see what your life has been. Um, Another thing to do is the metaphor of the bog is something we use within the book that many times being in combat, being in very uh, scary situations are like being stuck in a bog and it's hard to get out of that bog when you return to a situation that is more safe than you were in. And so what do you vision? Who's there to help you get out of your stuck places? What can you do? What help do you have? What What are you willing to risk or try? Those are just some ideas. Dr. Williams, you mentioned um, also including children in some of this, this patterning, and I'm wondering if your workbook does um, transcend to youth using it or at least having 
parents and counselors able to sort of use it as a workbook while helping children who've experienced a serious trauma? I would not uh, use it for kids who are probably under 13 or 14 because of the I cognitive see. level that they have. And there are many, many excellent, excellent books and resources out there um, for children who have been traumatized. Um, there, you know, if you go to Office for Victims of Crime and they have uh, excellent bio bibliographies of books for kids who are grieving or have had loss or have had trauma and... Uh, the OVC is, is a very good resource for that. Also, there's a child trauma network that is out there through the International Society for Traumatic Stress Studies that you can turn to, and it has a lot of resources that are available for children. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Williams, this is Sandra here. You said something interesting a question ago about the trauma timeline. And one of the things that I've experienced with people writing into the show is that trauma brings up prior trauma. And we have quite a few of our military personnel that came from the foster care community that come, you know, come from home environments that may not have been ideal and they chose the military you know as a way to get out of those situations and you know they carry a lot of these traumas with them and then the PTSD or the the trauma that's experienced within the military environment seems to tap on to those and open up all these prior wounds can you talk a little bit about that because it's a very familiar topic to uh some of our writers and listeners that is so, so true, and there's something that that does, too. When you have early trauma, your body reacts to that early trauma, and one of the things that we have found, and in the workbook there's a whole new chapter on the mind-body connection, that PTSD is kind of the mitigating thing in between early trauma and physical injury and physical problems and a lot of autoimmune diseases and a lot of autoimmune disorders, and so even doing that trauma timeline can hook up, why are people having stomach problems? You know, why are they having Crohn's or colitis or migraines or um, fibromyalgia, all kinds of things. That's one reason why it's really important to look and see the connections. Secondly, I think that some of those early traumas have gotten buried and they get put very deep inside, but yet they're there and they can get triggered. And one of the things that I ask people to do is to do a trigger book. And this can be a trigger book from way back when to the present time of what things stimulate your thought, your reactions about trauma. Is it a smell? Is it a sound? And this is not just combat trauma. This is like the early trauma. You know, if you're a victim of molestation, what smells do you associate with that? Was a perpetrator who was a male wearing a certain cologne? Uh, were there certain sounds going on around? Are there certain reminders of that? All of that can play into the body. Um, also, there's some people that through all of this need an adrenaline high, and that started way back in childhood. Or maybe go into what's known as adrenal fatigue, that their adrenaline was used up early on, and it's much harder for them to get the reserves and the resources to get that when they need it now. And so there's that whole body connection, which is, is a good reason to do the timeline. That's so interesting. And I'm, I'm fascinated, too, to realize how many of the um, things that come up on the timeline actually become 
sort of stemmed from physiological. Do you uh, oftentimes connect what your discoveries are with someone's uh, MD physician uh, so that there's some correlation to what's happening with this individual? Absolutely, definitely. Um, yeah. We have, fortunately, a, a physician here in town who is more holistic and, and will um, refer people to me, you know, who are veterans, who are newly back, who are having a lot of difficulty. We also have a fantastic integrative medicine doctor who is close to us in a little town called Middleburg, um, Andrew Heyman, and he really, I work with him closely. And, you know, he looks at things from a different perspective and is much more tuned in to the whole mind-body connection. See, and, and I, I love that. Me oh, too. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I want to go down this lane a little bit more with you, Dr. Williams, because we don't hear this a lot with traditional treatments of PTSD. You know, you've used words like, you know, Reiki, we've heard massage, yoga, meditation, things mm-hmm. like that, that, you know, quite frankly, they're not a fortune. You're not talking about having to have insurance to cover these things. Integrative. <laughs> Integrative. What a, what a novel. <laughs> Well, it's interesting is- because I've I've had the opportunity to teach at a couple local VAMCs um, in beyond cognitive therapy about some of these things. I mean, even music, you know, the idea of why do people choose certain sounds and certain songs and certain music genres and how does that speak to them and how can you use that to heal? Or, of course, mindfulness and resilience. And another thing that... that uh, has been brought up in terms of the beyond battle mind training with the military is the idea of spirituality. And where does that all fit in, in the non-traditional or traditional way? And I think all of those things are very, very important. Um, we're, we're starting a capital campaign for our Bald Eagle Ranch, which is a 23-acre facility. And, you know, some of the things that we're hoping to do are get an aquaponics facility which is the sustainable farming where you have koi and tilapia in the water and then you have veggies and it's a self-sustaining process. And teach people how to do that. Teach them how to farm. Start a Christmas tree farm. We're going to have a sweat lodge. We're going to have a boot hill where people can come and bury their demons. Um, Because a lot of people, when you've been in combat and when you have early traumas, you carry demons with you and you need to put them someplace. And we will have an actual physical location where they can physically bury whatever it is symbolically they need to get rid of and then go do the sweat. So That's there's fascinating. So, much to do. Mm, so fascinating. Yeah. Um, what what is um what is the best way? I see you're in Warrentown, Virginia. Um, what is the best way for people to reach you, Dr. Williams? Uh org. Vetsource.org, is that correct? E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E dot org. My address is on the workbook. There are questionnaires within the workbook. I've created a stressor's inventory for the military to fill out. They can be part of a research study, um, but my address is in there. Or, you know, if people really want to, they can call me. Oh, I won't necessarily be able to get back to them within, you know, a couple hours, but maybe within a day or two. And that's pro. Oh, that's fantastic. Dr. Mary Beth Williams, we appreciate you being here so very much. Take care oh, and 
will talk to you soon, I do hope. Okay. Yeah, if you need me back, I'd love to be. I'd love to have you. (laughs) Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A, your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of 0 and 6 are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get ready to have some fun with some brand new insights from science. Join us for the radio show of scientist Oe Nandi. Born of Indian and Swiss parents, this linguist and biologist authored the book Human Language Evolution and will tell you the story of human history, why it began in Africa, and why there arose blonde people, how America was populated. And we'll be answering some much more similar thrilling questions. Scientist Oe Nandi is here to simplify the complex and to give us insight into our history and maybe even share one of his poems from one of two publications. Join us every Wednesday at 12 noon central on TokiNet Radio for an insightful show with host, scientist, and poet Oe Nandi. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And wow, she packed a lot in, Dr. Mary Beth Williams, didn't she? Wow. Oh, absolutely. And I love her her concept of uh, this this trauma timeline. It um, may be something that has been a, a, a topic or a practice before, but to be able to sort of give it a label and give it a, a definition, a very visual definition, I think that must be so very helpful um, for, for for all of us. It doesn't have to be a serious trauma. You know, I really think sometimes putting things out and really, um, I'm, I'm a note taker anyway, but I think that's really important. 
Well, you know, I love when you talk about trauma, you know, and I, I think about this with Dr. or with uh, Judy Brizantine's book, the, mm-hmm. you know, the blinded or st- stunned by grief or whatever it was. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I think what Linda Franklin said about, you know, grief is like how it relates to you and what it means to you, you know, because I think about people who've lost a, a pet and some people are like, oh, you know, my cat died or my dog died and, huh. and then there's others that, you know, put up monuments and, you know, have their ashes in their room. We won't say who, which host on the air has that. Um, um, but, you know, it's all about how we relate to things. So it's really not fair to say, like, you know, if, if, what is trauma? You know, it's mm-hmm. if it's traumatic to you, to me, that's enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm so hoping that we can have her visit again. I, she was fascinating. She was. And we, she was. we have people in the in the chat room found her fascinating too. So I'm very glad to know. Um, it's really wonderful when we have somebody like this that you you just want to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we have to give you a whole hour just on this part. No, another whole hour just on that part. <laughs> I know. I, well, she had to go. Her son is in the ICU. Yeah. And, you know, you talk yeah. about somebody who not only walks and talks and teaches trauma but lives it. You know, here's a traumatic yeah. situation. Most people would pack up and. Go Go, my son's in the ICU. I can't. I can't do anything. And here she is on the air with us, which is a testament to me that what she's teaching. She probably mm-hmm. teaches what she knows, and she she's good at it. Oh, just to be able to uh, um, understand so on so many levels, it's a wonderful thing. Um, you've talking about stress. You've been <laughs> very very busy over there lately. Speaking of last weekend, what tell us about last weekend, Sam? Oh, he, did um well we had um we collected um, almost 500 toys for toys for tots in our toy drive and considering that los angeles alone has a need for 10,000 toys for toys for tots that we did you know i guess 120th of it um that was really amazing to us and it was really fun rob because every year i try to do something different you know one year we did the teddy bear ball and mm-hmm. we had collected over 1500 teddy bears and it was a little creepy they were all in my living room and they were piled <laughs> up it was like that star trek episode <laughs> you know the trouble you. with tribbles <laughs> yeah, and they're tribbles. like everywhere <laughs> and the kids were like oh mom this is creepy um mm. You know, but because they were all different. It wasn't like they were all the same. And uh, one year we did, uh, let's see, we did the teddy bear ball and then we did uh, uh, the backbreaking year. That was the one where we did books for teens and oh. people were buying like Charles Dickens, you know, hardbound. And oh. I think, wow. you know, loading all those up into the Marine Corps vans to take them for the holiday was the, that was our backbreaking year. Um, and we've done my favorite toys. That's fun. That always gives people stuff to talk about. Um, but this year we, we decided to have four Boy Scouts as part of their Boy Scout um, badge earning to uh-huh. create medals for our military personnel. And it was really cool, Rob, because these little guys, I mean, they knocked themselves out. They sanded them. They milled them. They painted them. And then what was funny is the little boys wanted to put their own faces on the metal, which was really, <laughs> when I first looked at it, I was like, and they were beautifully done. They even framed them out with little, you know, little sticks and stuff. And I was like, guys, you know, that's so cool. Your faces are on here thinking like, this is bizarre. You know, I think in an eagle or like if they're Navy SEALs, yeah. so they put the yeah. seal on it or the trident. And they said, no, Miss Sandra, we want to remember, we want to remind our soldiers of who they're fighting for. Oh, my word. Oh, and I just burst out crying. You know, I was just yes. like, whoa. And um, 
there was not a dry eye in the room. We had the media there. We had photographers there. And um, it ended up that we had two Marines in full dress. Mm -hmm. And then we had two women, moms, that were, they knew about it so they could do their hair and makeup. Um, But they were women who served in the Gulf Roar and served in Afghanistan. One was a mechanic and the other one served in the Air Force. And it was really cool because the Air Force lady has five boys and they're all like under the age of 12. Oh, God and bless her. I know. And then the army mechanic, the automobile army mechanic, the truck mechanic, she had three daughters. And they came and they were honored and they got their medals and stuff like that. And it was so cool because their kids, you know, their whole military service was prior. You know, we're talking 15 years, but it was prior to when they had children. So it was really cool for their kids to see their parents get honored. And... um there wasn't a dry eye in the room. I mean, everybody was choking up. All the parents there and the, you know, when the little boys went up in their uniforms and, and it was cool because, you know, originally we said to the boys, just hand them. Well, no, they wanted to put them over their heads. So you got these great big Marines and actually they were Cub Scouts, not Boy Scouts. But, you know, you got these little seven-year-olds trying to put the um, metal on them. And even the Marines choked up. They were all teary-eyed and red-faced and... You know, it was just a beautiful way to honor, you know, kind of the past, the present, the current, the future, mm-hmm. you know, and our children. It was it was wonderful. Absolutely. What and and thank you, Sandra, for doing this for what is it, twenty five years now? Twenty six years. Twenty six. I'd like to share when I was ten. <laughs> but it was twenty. So yes, now everybody knows how old I really am. Um, oh, but thank you, Sandra, for from all of the people who have benefited from your efforts and who have um just had this a joyous Christmas because of you. Thanks, Rob. You know, and it's really, you know, it's so funny when I look at the toys and stuff because, I mean, most of people listening today, I know you guys, We all our kids get so much. You know, there's so much excess. And a lot of my friends out here, I've asked them, and I, you know, and I'd hope you guys would ask them too, to set aside when your kid gets a ton of Christmas presents or a ton of birthday presents, and you know that there's stuff they're not going to play with, they're not going to use, they're not going to like. You know, that happens. Every birthday party, you know, people bring my, my kid's trucks you know trucks and cars and you know Niles and Frazier would never play with trucks and cars Mm, yeah (laughs) yeah make sure like I siphon those off and I put them in a bag and I put them in my closet and I just wait for toys for tots and it was so funny because I watched the moms come in a bunch of them and they all had their little you know those like permanent bags you buy at the grocery store for a buck oh yeah yeah. yeah, and they're all walking in with their, you know, pilot toys. <laughs> a couple of the kids are like, didn't I get that for my birthday? Shut up. Um, <laughs> you know, they don't have to open everything if they're not going right. to play with it and enjoy it. And it's a really great way. It's a tax deduction. It's a really great way to share the wealth. And um, my little kindergartners this year, I always get a kick out of them because it's amazing, Rob, when they go out to choose a toy for a child they will never meet what kind of conversation uh, that we have with our children, because I've had it with mine. And uh, when they get to do that, they get to choose a toy and give it away. And it's really, it's really powerful. You know what we have done out here? I think we've talked about it before. Uh, our Girl Scout troops and our particular unit, what we call a service unit, our troops get together with our family services department. And we don't do this at the holidays. We do this around our Girl Scout birthday, which is March 12th. And it always kind of lands 
know, around Easter or, or that time of year, if, if it lands right. But what we do is the Family Services gives us a profile of about three or four families. We don't know their names. We don't know private information, but we'll know uh, two girls age four and seven or a girl and a boy or two boys and a girl, what their ages are. And if there's a mom and a dad or just a mom, if there's a kitty or whatever. And then we go out and we shop for that family. And time and time again, we thought, oh, we've done this for a few years. We'll change it up a little bit. The kids want to do this because it's giving a much more specific concept to them that they are helping a girl who is age seven and they knew what they liked at age seven or maybe a little boy who was four and they're able to um, they're able to buy for that child and we buy pajamas we buy all kinds of different things and this is part of what they use their troop treasuries for and time and time again these kids have found this to be so rewarding and I love that philanthropic heart that that our young people have they really do have it and it's a beautiful thing it is it is in fact on those lines um we gave out let's see one two three four five awards to five children whose parents have been collectors with me from from throughout for probably at least 20 years maybe 20 mm-hmm. 22 they came on really early on and we've all had children five of them that have had to watch hundreds and hundreds and thousands actually of toys come through their household and they can't have one of them and uh, we gave awards to uh, Audrey, Brady and Mo Latt and then to Max and Zach Levin which was really fun and the best part was little Mo Mo comes from Africa He's my friends adopted him from Africa mm-hmm. and here he comes from Africa you know and, and he's been here two years and he just you know to see him participating in this Toys for Tots was just it was an amazing amazing thing um it just was it was you have to see it you have to think of this little little african boy coming into <laughs> this predominantly white community you know with these giant eyes and then seeing you know all these toys and not coveting them not wanting them for himself just being joyful to be there at the party and and you know what i've done this for so long rob and i can't remember a kid ever pitching a fit Oh, absolutely. And there again, I think when you as a family are bringing in um, this kind of open heart thought, whether it be at your church, whether it be through scouts, I think that this is a beautiful thing. And I think it also, um, I don't know, it just sets the pace for just children understanding that other people um, need a little bit of a hand or need just a gesture of kindness and that in and of itself is beautiful. Um, On the other side of the break, Sand, we are hoping to welcome Lisa Dietrich. She is um, joining us again today. She joins us frequently and gives us her insight on faith and spirituality. She is a pastor's wife, a writer. (laughs) I say wife and writer in the same sentence back to back. That can be hard. <laughs> but stay tuned. We're going to have Lisa on the other side of the break on Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. 
goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. You will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. What does success mean to you? Money? Power? Fame? Having everything money can buy? Does it mean having a job or career that you love? A great family life? Or simply to be happy? If you're still searching for answers, then join us each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for Primetime Success Radio, where Alan Skidmore and his special guests will discuss health, finances, relationships, being in business, and how you can have a life that is not only successful, but a life of meaning. Alan has been studying success principles for over 25 years through reading, attending seminars, interviewing successful people, and a daily lesson from the School of Hard Knocks. And now he wants to share that information with you. So join Alan Skidmore on Primetime Success Radio every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network, as he takes you on a journey of finding the heart of your success. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've got a change of plans. Holy moly, Rob, but you know what? This is the way the holidays go. We got people. We don't have people. Uh, we want to wish Lisa Dietrich a very, very happy holiday. She has just um, had her second son uh, um, join the Navy, so she's got one in the Army, or one in the Army of the Marines, I can't remember, and one in the Navy, so we're going to send a Christmas wish and a holiday blessing out to her and her family. And let's talk about Operation Gratitude because they hit some big milestones this month. Big milestones indeed. The one millionth package has gone out and they celebrated um, their historic one millionth package on Saturday, December 7th. How cool is that? When it rolled off the assembly line to the cheers of thousands of volunteers, supporters, military brass, elected officials, and Hollywood celebrities. So talk about a jam-packed day that was. Fantastic. 
We went by. We <laughs> went you? down there. We drove by. You know, I had my dad. He's 80, and he's a Navy veteran. And I had my two kids who were, like, just beside themselves. And, you know, there were so many people there. There was so much. We waved, and, you know, we just said, you know what? It's too much. It's too crowded. Yeah. But what a you know what a great thing to have happen is people turn away going there's too many people here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. The, it, the article says that they had six World War II veterans honored there, including Lieutenant Colonel Bob Friend, a Tuskegee Airman, and B. Cohen, the oldest living female World War II veteran at 103 years old. So amazing. Amazing. <laughs> you know, when you go there and you pack packages, the veterans from all the wars are the ones, a lot of the older ones are the ones that sit at the table and hand addressed each one of these boxes with the U.S. Post Office mailing label. And honest to God, Rob, there's not any of them under 80. You know, they're like 80 and up and their handwriting's all shaky. And I just yeah. think about how the, the our servicemen and women, when they get those boxes, get to see a handwritten, you know, because we talked about this, um, about should it be handwritten or should it be a computer printed label? Mm. And Carolyn Blaschek and her organization was like, nope, we're going to hand address these because it's that important that somebody touch it. And that's why all this stuff isn't automated. It's all hand done because these are handmade, you know, gift boxes for the troops. That's phenomenal. We want everybody to visit OperationGratitude.com any time of the year. It does not have to be the holidays all year round because um, just because they hit their one millionth doesn't mean that that's the end of <laughs> end of discussion. <laughs> There's lots more. And speaking of reaching out to the veterans, uh, we were unable to get a hold of Lisa, but we have our veteran correspondent, Stephen Boyd, on the line. Steve, hello. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine today. <laughs> That's great. You know, Steve, we're talking about Operation Gratitude and the milestone that they just hit. When you served, um, whether it was you or somebody in your unit, do you recall packages coming? And, of course, we didn't have the frequency probably that they do now but um, because you were probably in a little more of a remote area. But do you recall those packages coming and what they meant to the people receiving them? You know, I I really don't remember um, during during my war, the Vietnam War. It's I don't even remember celebrating Christmas because we were probably on an operation. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I, I I don't remember. I, you know, we 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 were all going in so many different directions that I I can't even remember the holiday itself. Uh, I had served in Korea in 68, and I don't remember, and we were more stationary then, but I don't remember even receiving a package. I probably did, but I don't, it, mm -hmm. it wasn't significant to me. You mean your mom didn't send fruitcake? <laughs> that, yes, she did send the fruitcake. Uh, okay, you remember a, the fruitcake. <laughs> the, the fruitcake I remember. Now, I do remember that I, that one of the guys in my, my hooch was, uh, uh, I had given him a piece of it and and then put it on top of uh, uh, my bed and had gone to do something. And when I came back, it was gone. He had eaten the whole damn thing. <laughs> 
I have to say to the audience, uh, Stephen's mother's fruitcake is quite uh, stunning, and it is quite remarkable, and everybody fight, does fight over Ma's, Ma's fruitcake. But I do uh, imagine that letters, even if it wasn't uh, packages, letters to your units, um, and there again, you were in a more unique situation because you happened to serve in a much more remote area. But I'm sure that the mail call was an important time for everybody. Yeah. Um, usually, uh, you know, somebody would walk up to you. Uh, mail call, because our unit was so small with uh, American uh, personnel, mm -hmm. I mean, our whole detachment consisted of like 30 people. And most of us were running operations, so we never even really saw uh, mail. We didn't get mail delivered out on operations. That uh, uh, We'd go out on operations, uh, what we called sterile. We weren't allowed to have even dog tags on, so um, mm -hmm. it, was, it was sneaky Pete stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what about in Korea? How was um, how was that? Korea, we got yeah, we got regular mail calls over there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we run occasional operations into the DMZ and along the DMZ, uh, mm -hmm. so it was a lot less stressful than being in constant combat. Mm -hmm. Did you find that um, in Korea? What month of the year did were you there though, or what time period of the year were you I in was Korea? There uh, January to January, so they, oh. uh, had at least one Christmas there. Mm -hmm. Did you have? Were you with a lot more people then? So did you get a lot of people? Getting... Yeah, there were more people there, and you know, we had there was a. Uh, I remember vaguely remember a Christmas tree in the mess hall. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think uh, one of my my great aunt had sent me a package, and I can't. Mm -hmm. uh, put my finger on where it was i mean yeah um, certainly we're not we're certainly not anti-christmas in my family but when you're in that kind of situation um we weren't constantly reminded of it again keep in mind that today's uh military personnel have are, are constantly aware of it they have email they have uh right. phone messages texting so when they're away from their families, they're watching the the anticipation of their children come up to Christmas. We didn't have that. And this is going to be kind of interesting because to let the audience know, we're going to have Steve be doing some roving reporting out in um, some talking to some of the veterans that he's in touch with in our particular local area and even possibly some phone interviews, too. So it might not necessarily be just in our demographic, but we're, we're looking to reach out to um, a lot of different people in the coming year. And in doing so, Steve, I'm hoping to sort of maybe get a comparison how do the um I, I almost would wonder how would you cope with hearing more from the family having the emails having the skyping more frequently or if that's really difficult to go back and forth mentally talking to the kids and then having to go right out back on on shift or something that must be really um very difficult to keep focus yeah, again, you know, I was I was young, so I went in when I was 18, so I wasn't, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have, uh, 
other than my immediate family, I didn't have any connections back here as far as girlfriends, uh, spouse, mm. children, or anything. So it was just 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 another day. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not to be cold-hearted, but, you know, we, we had a job to do and we did it. Right. And that's a testament, I think, to the military because, yes, they know that it, they may know it's Christmas, but like you say, you have a job to do. And um, I think we back here have to constantly remember that they are out there doing this job instead of being at the Thanksgiving table, instead of being uh, lighting a menorah, instead of um, being under their Christmas tree on Christmas morning. It's a very difficult job and um, it, it takes a very great person to be able to do that so thank you for being there in those Christmases that we were here having a good time and you were having a different time <laughs> yes yes now getting back to your comment about um, looking forward to uh, uh, publicizing about the uh, interviews mm-hmm. that I'll be doing uh, mm-hmm. just speaking with some of the veterans up at the VA hospital when I've gone up there is uh, there's going to be some really interesting stories coming out of there, so I'm looking forward to that in the coming year. I am too. Maybe there'll even be a book out of it, Steve. Wouldn't, wouldn't oh, that be? Oh, that's a good possibility. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a little uh, anecdotes. Anecdotes yes. of war. Anecdotes of War, there's your title. We do look forward to having uh, a lot of your commentary coming in. And especially after listening to Dr. Mary Beth Williams today, um, listening to the stories and putting it into a timeline and being able to sort of capture those those words first person are just going to be so valuable. We're uh, coming up to the end of the show right now, but um, I do hope that we do have you coming on frequently next year, Steve, so get that microphone ready and uh, we'll hear from you next year. You bet. (laughs) Thanks. We do have some uh, holiday um, things coming up for you in the next couple of weeks with Toganet. We'll be taking a little bit of a break, but don't worry. We do have some programming coming your way. If you've missed this show or any uh, of our other shows, always check us on iTunes. Check us at militarymomtalkradio.com. You can always check us on us right here on our show page on toganet.com along with a lot of the other shows that you'll find here. If you um, find our show, take a take a browse through their website and find some of the other wonderful programming that we have right here at Toganet. Um, some wonderful programming like Blythe Lippman, like Pat Sloan, like a lot of different programming you'll find uh, right here at Toganet. Do uh, join us next week. We'll have something great for you. And as always, thank Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you very soon here at Military Mom Talk Radio. <laughs>